Hi there, this is Alvin and welcome to the Kickstart Commerce Podcast where we share search marketing and domain investing strategies to help grow your business. In today's episode, our guest is none other than Daryl Ty Guy Spence, a serial entrepreneur serving the fashion needs that image is everything and one must think it, feel it, and live it. Today, Daryl and I dive deep into discussing his journey and what led him to start the TexasTieGuy.com as well as how high-touch businesses have been impacted by COVID. So with that, Daryl, welcome, and thank you for making time to join us today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate being on the show. It's my pleasure. So to kick things off, Daryl, briefly share at a high level with our listeners a bit about yourself, who you are, your personal and professional background. All right. Thank you. Yeah. My name is Daryl Spence. I was uh, born and raised in Dallas, Texas. I'm sorry, in Detroit, Michigan. I currently live in Dallas, Texas, and I am the proud owner of the Texas Tie Guy. We offer some quality products at very affordable prices. And I've been doing this about seven years, but uh, even in uh, respect to this, I have been a mortgage professional most of my adult life. So before I was ever the Texas Tie Guy, I used to co-own a mortgage company called Metro One Mortgage back in Detroit, Michigan. So the Daryl, so wait, so how does a mortgage guy get into the tie business? You know what? That's an excellent answer. And what I'm going to say is it had to be God because the only thing I knew about ties was that I put them on every day uh, <laughs> when I went to go and meet and greet my clients or I had them come into the office. You know, I've always felt like it was that the visual was very important that it was very important to uh, look good, you know, because people say, hey, when you look good, you feel good. And when you feel good, you do good. So. I had always worn nice ties uh, prior to becoming a Texas tie guy. And then um, here it is in 2020. I am the Texas tie guy. Interesting. So then walk us through a little bit. So how long had you been involved in in the mortgage industry prior to the Texas tie guy? Man, again, um, I've been a mortgage professional most of my adult life. I started off doing packaging with Great Western Bank out of L.A. Uh, back in the 80s. And they had a Southeast region down in uh, West Palm Beach, Florida. So I ended up working there for years, packaging, uh, selling uh, mortgages on the secondary market, different things like that. And then what ended up happening was I, I, I met a guy and he was a loan officer. And at that time, I didn't even know what a loan officer did. Um, but what I did know about this guy was that he came and went as he pleased. He dressed well and he always seemed to have money. So, <laughs> you know, so that was based on attraction rather than promotion for me. Cause when I saw that, I remember I used to be looking out the window and I would see this guy getting in a nice car and he would drive off and he'd be coming back. And I was like, man, you know, I think I want to do what he's doing. Interesting. And so then you did that for a number of years. And then now how did obviously in terms of, of dressing nice of being um, involved in the mortgage industry, which is very, I would say is very high touch. I mean, obviously, there is fintech around it these days. But in most cases, you're, uh, you have to be presentable in, in terms of the, the higher end markets for, for sure. But then how so how did that lead to you starting the Texas tie guy? 
Well, understanding, and I'm glad you said that. Um, and like I said, back in, this was in the 80s when I first got into the mortgage business in any shape, form, or fashion. So, you know, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have uh, cell phones. We had none of that stuff, man. It was just, you know, it was all visual. It was all paper. You know, you had to write hard copies, paper, different things like that. The most high-tech thing we had was a fax machine at the time. Uh, different things, you know, stuff like that. So what ended up happening was as I was uh, up in Detroit and I was involved with Metro One Mortgage and I, I had a, man, I really had an appreciation for nice ties because suits are great, but it's the accessories that make the suit. You can have one <laughs> suit and, you know, you can mix and match with shirt and ties and it'll have a, a different feel every time you put it on. And I messed around and I was dating a, a girl at the time and we went to New York and ended up in Manhattan. I ended up in the Garmic district and I went and I went into this tie shop, you know, and I saw this really, really, I'm talking about, it was like a kid in a candy store, man. I saw all these beautiful <laughs> silk ties. I'm talking about, I had hit the jackpot, you know, so. I'm running like it's supermarket sweepstakes, just grabbing what I can. And I got stuff in my arms and everything. And I take all of these ties and I give them to the guy and I'm ready to pay for them. And the guy looks me in the face and he says, where's your license at? And I said, why do you need, you know, me being a neophyte at this thing? I didn't know what he was talking about. Because I was always on the consumer end, you know, and y'all said, why do you need to see my license? I'm from Detroit. Why do you need to see my driver's license? I'm paying cash. And he says, not your driver's license, your business license. (laughs) So I look over to my left and this is probably about an eight by eight sign said business license, wholesale only, yada, yada, yada. Oh, man, I apologize to the guy, and I tell him I would put him back. I said, man, I just got carried away. I love the ties, and I just start, you know, I'm talking about how nice they are, the silk prints and everything. So this guy, being a New Yorker, he does the old look around one time, and he looked me and he says, are you, uh, he said, you're not police, are you? And I said, absolutely. I said, absolutely not. And I said, look, now I'm showing them my license. You know, just showing them from Detroit. I'm like, no, man, I'm from out of state, man. I'm checking out some things. He says, I'm going to sell you these ties. He says, but I'm not going to give you a receipt. And I said, you know what? I don't care about the receipt. I want the ties. <laughs> so I get the ties. I'm taking them back because we had went on this shopping excursion. I'm taking them back to the bus. And when I get on the bus, it's, it's only like four men on a two-bus trip, man. And the rest are just women. But I saw one of the guys. He says, man, what you got? And I showed him the tie. And he said, man, that's a nice tie. He said, those are some beautiful ties. He said, I got to have one of those. He says, but I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not going to give you more than 25 for it. Now, <laughs> now, listen, I'm no genius, but I'm no dummy either. Adam. So I was like, <laughs> man, I just paid like, I don't know, whatever it was at the time, six bucks, whatever it was I paid. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this for you, but don't tell nobody else. Yeah, so. I ended up uh, selling him a tie, and then I go to. Uh, we get back to Detroit. I go to church. Um, 
Church of God in Christ, big church, right there on the corner of Davidson and Livernois on the west side and Pastor Starks. I, I give him a tie because that's what the thing, that's what I was going to do. I, I gave him a tie, but little did I know that he was <laughs> going to show the congregation the Uh-oh. tie I gave him. Oh my God. So he shows the ties and he says, he says, look what Brother Spitz brought me. All oh, these are beautiful. And I'm talking about this is a, a really big church. Uh it's called Life Church of God in Christ uh right now, but it used to be God's Holy Tabernacle. But same pastor and man, and I I show the ties as the congregation are looking and seeing how nice they are. The ministerial staff is looking too. <laughs> 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 and, and let's guess they they want they want their their shot. Come on, man! Now <laughs> all the ministers and the elders and the preachers they want ties. <laughs> so I ended up true story. I ended up I sold every tie I had. I how never. Many, well, how many did you buy originally? Probably I'm gonna say if, if memory serves me right, probably twenty five to thirty. But I sold all the ties. But I'm sitting there counting money. <laughs> so, again, I think I said this earlier. I'm no genius. I still have a Detroit public school education. <laughs> but I'm no dummy either. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder if I tried this again, would it happen again? <laughs> and, uh, I did. And it did. And that was the, and that was the very beginning of what is now the Texas Tie Guy. Interesting. So, so then wait, so the second time around, so did the same guy sell you that or did you have to go back with actual credentials in terms of business license? No, the second time around, I went back. I presented myself friendly. I'm the same guy as before and the same thing happened. But inevitably, the guy ended up telling me, he says, you know, what you should do. Well, he just made a suggestion. He said, what I would do if I were you, I would just go ahead and get my get licensed, get incorporated, whatever he had told me to do. Because what he had said at that point was, now I don't physically have to go back to New York that they could ship it to me and save oh, wow. myself a trip. That's how that came about. So I was like, okay. And he said, hey, you need to do X, Y, and Z. So that's what I did. I did X, Y, and Z. And I actually, it was called the Spence Group. It was the LLC. It was called the Spence Group. And we were uh, down on the corner of Griswold and Congress on the 14th floor up in Detroit. And what I used to do there, I was selling ties. It was a real professional building. And I was selling ties to the attorneys. So that's, that's how I started doing that. So that's a, so that's a little bit. So you then started down the lines of pretty much, uh, I guess you say high touch businesses. So you thinking like attorneys, you think basically folks who would normally wear suit and tie. So you probably spent a good bit of or a good chunk of your time around the business district, I would imagine, or even likely uh, religious organizations and just churches, uh, just because those two kind of come to mind as, hey, these are the professions that often are about image and are about they're likely to wear a tie. Uh, yes, sir. And let me backtrack on that. Uh, the reason I was selling ties to the attorneys in the building is mm-hmm. because I had an office. I had a Metro One mortgage office in the building as well. Oh, so nice. these, yeah, so these were people that I was coming into contact 
all the time with anyway. You know, they were, um, I used to, man, I used to do a ton of business with uh, divorce attorneys because at the end of the day, somebody's getting a house, somebody's getting a kid, somebody's getting a car, somebody's getting a dog. So what they would do is a lot of times when people didn't have money to pay out their equity portion of the house, they would do a refinance. So, and, and that's where I came in at. I would do the refinance. Somebody would get their equity portion out of the house, sign a quick claim deed. Jane gets the house and Johnny, you know, goes on about his business with his money. But that was the relationship I had with the attorneys in the buildings as far as divorce attorneys and different types of guys like that. So I already had a a working relationship and and just knowing them because I would see them every day. So when I started selling ties, I told them in addition to my mortgage services that I was going to start selling ties as well. So it was really, it was really um, an easy transition because I didn't have to get to meet these guys. I already had that personal relationship with them. So then how do you go from, I guess you said it was the, the Spence Group to the actual TexasTieGuy.com? Kind of walk us through that story of how you, I guess, went from Detroit down to Dallas. Well, brother, have a seat and get you something cold to drink. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, get comfortable because we're about to walk this thing out. Uh, being, being a mortgage professional, Everybody knows about 2008, 8-ish, with the whole uh, mortgage meltdown and the housing debacle, you know, and I'm going to tell you something, Uh, you know, there were uh, government bailouts for big business, the big three, anybody knows anything about Detroit know that they're real blue collar, you know, Ford, General Motors, different things like that, Chrysler lot of plant workers. So I ended up with the whole housing debacle and everything that was happening. And I'm going to tell you, Detroit was almost like ground zero for the mortgage meltdown, man. Right. I'm talking about, yeah, I'm talking about it was people who had $200,000 homes that in, is from an equity standpoint and the value shrunk down to, I'm talking about 25% of that in no time flat, you know? Wow. So now I have a whole because uh, I never did a whole bunch of purchase business. I was always involved with refinances, equity lines of credit, cash out refis, um, different things like that. Now I have a whole, I have a whole slew of, of clients that I'm not able to service anymore. And it wasn't based on the fact that they weren't paying their bills or they didn't have good credit. They, the property values had plunged so far down. Right. They just, yeah, we just couldn't get the value on the property, you know? So I had all these people I was working with and I said, you know what, if I'm going to be in the mortgage business, I got to be somewhere where I can make mortgages happen. And Detroit wasn't the place. So I leave and I go down to Atlanta at the time. Chocolate city. I go to chocolate city. I go from, from, Chocolate Earth City down to Chocolate City. <laughs> so straight, straight down 75. I go to Atlanta and I'm going to start over down there. Good friend of mine, Craig Thorpe, uh, uh, went to Florida A&M with me. I knew him from college. He says, just come over here, man, until you get situated. And I'm staying with him. And although things were seeming to line up, it just didn't seem right. It just didn't seem right. And it, it seemed like home. Yeah, it just, it was just, it just wasn't right. 
And right. I knew it wasn't in my spirit, you know. And it was it wasn't that anything was wrong. Gotcha. Because, yeah, because I was getting established. I was meeting people. I was looking for office space. I still was licensed. I was building new relationships. I was establishing new contacts. But something just wasn't right. And uh, my buddy Craig works for American Airlines, and he's in management, and he's been there forever. Well, um, I, th- I think um, he had been there about 35 years or so, or 30 years plus. Well, at any rate, being in management uh, at American Airlines, they have managers meetings annually. And during the period of time that I was in Atlanta, uh, they were flying him because American is based here in Dallas. Their hub is here, headquartered in Dallas. So they were flying him back and forth to Dallas for these managers meetings. He's, I'm just at his house and he's flying back and forth to these manager meetings. And every time he would come back to Atlanta, he would say something nice about Dallas. He would say, man, uh, the city is clean. The economy is great. The weather is beautiful. The women are pretty. Uh, whatever it was, he would just say something <laughs> really nice. And I was like, hmm, he didn't know, but he was planting seed in the good ground because I was listening. <laughs> and I was like, hmm, okay. And when he would come back and the last time he said something, it just was in my spirit to go and check it out. I said, you know what? I'm going to go and see for myself. I've heard all this stuff that he was telling me when he was coming back. And I've, uh, 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 I can actually picture it in my mind. I said, but you know what? I'm going to go and check it out for myself. So believe it or not, I left the stuff that I had over his house. I got a one-way ticket and packed a suitcase, and I flew here to Dallas. Now, when was that? What year was that? Uh, what is this? 2020. It was 2010. Oh, wow. So a decade ago, it was 2010. And when I say I came here to Dallas, I came sight unseen. <laughs> wow. I had never been here before in my life. I didn't know North, South, East from West. I didn't know the difference between Plano Parkway and the South side or uh, nothing. <laughs> I didn't know anybody, had no family. I just showed up, and when I got here, I looked online, and I found an um, extended stay. And I found one that was close to the airport, just in case I had to get back to the airport. And I started living in an extended stay. It was in an area called Los Colinas. And yeah. Yeah, and I was telling, man, I'm, I'm talking to the guy behind the desk, and I was like, man, you know, Las Colinas is beautiful. I was like, man, Dallas is beautiful. This is really nice. And he was like, he was like, you know what? He said, this is not really Dallas. He said, this is like a suburb area. Right. He said, yeah, he said, if you want to see what Dallas is really nice, like you need to get into the city. And they had uh, um, another sister extended stay in the city limits. So I was like, you know what? I want to transfer over there. And it was like going from West Palm Beach back home to Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> and how long did you stay there? You know what? <laughs> when I got there, and I was comfortable. Don't get me wrong now. Right. I'm like, yeah. Look, I went to Cooley, man. I went to Cooley High. I'm off of Finkel. <laughs> I come out of 4-1. And before we was on the west side, I came out of the Pride, the Buffalo Project, so off Mile Road on the east side. So I was comfortable. I was looking around. I was like, okay, cool. 
I can deal with this. And uh, I'm telling you again, I didn't know anybody. I All I did, I didn't have transportation. I would travel straight lines because I knew if I had to come back, I could yeah. just turn around and go back. <laughs> you know, it was almost like dropping breadcrumbs, you know. I was right. like, okay, if I had to get back over here, I'd know how to get back. And uh, that's how I started. And uh, it just went from one thing to another to another. But God was, um, God was paving the way the whole time. So then once you got to Dallas, so then how did you birth the Texas tie guy? Was it already birth or, you know, just kind of what happened there? When I got to Dallas, I got a job. Well, first thing, because I didn't have, although I had some money, you know, I didn't have enough money just to live the rest of my life on. It wasn't like I cashed a 401k out. So I was like, okay, right. I need to find something to do. So I ended up getting a, a job at Credit Answers. We, they, had, they were doing mortgage modifications. Mm. And uh, they were doing mortgage modifications because that's around the time when the modifications had just really came into play. You know, where you can do a modification, keep your home. It's not really based on your credit, you know, so it was some different things. So I, they were really what they were. They were a credit card uh, consumer, uh, consumer debt company but they had a division that was doing modifications. And man, I, I got a job there and I was doing modifications because of the mortgage background. That's what I knew how to do. And as soon as I got, man, as soon as things got to going real good, they shut the modification division down. Sad to say, I found myself here in Dallas and I was like, man, I don't have any income at this time. Well, as God would have it, he had put a guy from Chicago at the modification company with me and this guy he when we when we got shut down he got hired by chase he got hired by jp morgan so he calls me and he was like spence you're uh he's like man i got hired over here with jp morgan and you should come on over and check it out and i did i went over there and when i got hired he left like two weeks later because he found a better position <laughs> Now, how are you going to wait? How are you going to invite me somewhere and then leave? <laughs> Hello. In fact, he got the referral for hiring because when you here, he got the hiring referral, but he never got to collect because you had to be there for six months. <laughs> it paid you like 200 bucks or 500, whatever it was. Well, he got me over there and then he leaves. So I'm over at Chase. And man, I'm telling you, I'm a loan officer and I'm covering multiple branches. So I don't know if anybody, if everybody's listening is familiar with J.P. Morgan Chase. But uh, if you're not, if you ever go to a, a Chase branch, you have to be Chase branded. You have to have dark blues, uh, blue shirts, blacks, different things like that. And right. it, yeah, it's real uniform. Everybody dresses the same way because we're all on the same team. Chase shirts, chase ties, everything was like that. So uh, I was a loan officer and I did that for two years. But then up, um, what I ended up doing, I transferred from the origination side uh, to what they call the servicing side. So I'm still in the mortgages. But because I had that modification background as well, I went into the mortgage, uh, onto the uh, servicing side. And I started doing mortgage modifications for J.P. Morgan Chase. Now, the difference between the origination side and the servicing side, 
was that I didn't have to be Chase branded anymore. So I started uh, wearing my own suits, my own ties, my own, you know what I'm saying? I, I could really get flexible with what I had. As long as you were business casual or better, you were good. Right. So I started wearing my own suits. Well, you know, not my own suits, but different color suits, browns, greens, you know, different things like that that I couldn't wear on the uh, on the origination side. And I'm doing mortgage modifications uh, for years for the service members, you know, members of the uh, armed forces. Because, right. yeah, one thing I will say about that is that was real important to me because, you know, the last thing we needed was to have somebody overseas ducking bullets and dodging bombs, man, for our freedom. And then we're turning around and kicking his family out stateside because they didn't make three payments or something right. like that. right. So that was written, that was real, that was close to me and, I, and that was important. So I was doing that. Um, and Chase is huge. It's, I think at that point, man, we had 250,000 employees all over the world. But even where I was at, it was a real big location and um, different departments in the, under the same roof and everything. But people who didn't know my name, they would say, you know, the guy over in military services, you know, the guy with the suits and the ties. And they'd be like, <laughs> you know, the tie guy, the tie guy. So they start calling me the tie guy over at Chase. So a lot of, oh yeah, you know, the guy, you know, so everybody knew me as the tie guy. <laughs> and uh, that's where that was planted at, you know, because when I left Chase and, and, I, and let me say this, Chase fed my fed me good for years, man. But again, when it's right, you know it. Right, right. And I had been self-employed, you know, I had been self-employed for so long that I found myself, hey, you're late back, you know, you're a minute late back from break and <laughs> you, you gotta know, go to lunch at this time. Oh my God, yeah, you gotta <laughs> go to lunch at eleven. I'm like, well, what if I'm not hungry at eleven? You know, then you know. <laughs> What do I do then? You know, so when I decided to leave Chase because of that branding that they had given me, when I left Chase, I took that same branding with me um, to become, I went from the tie guy to the Texas tie guy. And there's a quick story behind that too, was that when I went to register the company, because I had already said I was going to go back to selling tithes. I mean, even all of this was just planted in me, man. I was going to sell because everybody would say, where'd you get your socks from? Man, oh, some nice cufflinks. All oh, your ties are beautiful. Oh, that hanky is the one. You know, so I was like, <laughs> man. You know, and I actually used to sell some products to some people in Chase while I was working at Chase. So I, I used that as a springboard to go forward. And when I went to register the company, um, I was just going to call it the tie guy as they had called me, but something happened. <laughs> the tie guy was taken, man. Uh-oh. Yeah. Was it in use by, by somebody else or? Somebody else was using it. They were like, no, you know, when you go to register your company and you come and you're thinking of all the, getting a name and if you're going to do a DBA, LLC, whatever. So I was like, man, I'm going to get, I'm going to be the tie guy. I go to register the company. They were like, no. Can't be the tie guy. Somebody else is the tie guy. <laughs> so I'm sitting there, you know, I'm sitting there. And I, I mean, I just had it all. I just had it all planned. So when the tie guy wasn't available, I mean, I sat there and this is, I mean, literally, I sat there for like 20 minutes and I'm coming up with all these snappy names in my head and 
you know, all this different stuff. And, and God's just spoken to my spirit real clear. And he said, you're in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> well, one plus one equals two. I don't care where it is, man. See, one thing, what you just said, one thing about that is, and 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 I, I hope I'm not getting off the subject, but you know what? What you just said, one plus one is two everywhere. And and man, when I was playing ball in, in college, man, even in high school, it didn't matter where we played at. The rules were the same. No matter yeah. where we played. You know, we would go to DC and play Howard. Guess what? We get on the plane and fly to Houston and play Texas Southern or or go on go to New Orleans and play uh uh uh, someone there, you know, it might be playing Tulane, but the, it didn't matter where we played. The rules were the same, you know, right. double dribble was double dribble out of bounds, was out of bounds. The rim was still 10 <laughs> feet high man, every time. So I use that same. And now I, I t- say that analogy to say, I use those same principles to build my business in, in Texas, in Dallas that I did in Detroit. Yeah. Cause the rules were the same. So when God said that simplistic phrase, you're in Texas. And I said, you know what? The Texas tie guy. And I went to the counter and I asked the lady, was the Texas tie guy taken? She said, no, it isn't. I said, well, yes, it is. It is now. <laughs> and, uh, that's how and then I guess you, uh, I guess then after that, you probably registered the uh, domain name. Yes, sir. I, I, I just went straight down the line. Um, I started as a DBA then. Um, I wanted to have the website, so I registered the domain name. And I knew, and, and um, yeah, I registered the domain name. Uh, then I started because my, I'm not really an IT guy. I never was an IT guy. My expertise <laughs> was, was talking to people. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm a people person. So I started building the relationships outside of Chase to whereas I thought that I could actually have a better chance of expanding the business. Um, Collin County Black Chamber of Commerce, uh, different things like that. I just started dealing with different groups of people because I've always felt that instead of me saying it one time to one person, if I can get into a crowd and do it one time and have that project to 50 people, then that would be advantageous for myself. Gotcha. And so then, so you started the company, you, Got it. Got the uh, proper credentials there, and then you registered uh, the site. Now, what's interesting is, and in our pre-call, you had made notion of this because I thought it was very interesting. Obviously, you own TexasTieGuy.com, which for our listener base would they would qualify that as what's called a geo service domain. So it's a city or state plus you know whatever the keyword is in terms of your business. Um, in this case, you have really uh, a state uh, keyword, but then really it's a brandable because it's a uh, Thai guy. And so um, in terms of the Texas Thai guy, what's what I found to be interesting, and you can, you know, shed a little light on this, is that most of your sales don't necessarily come from the Texas Thai guy got .com, but more so because, like you said, you're a people person and your your business is very high touch. And so I think that that is an interesting thing that 
um, even in this day where most people are moving online, you're still doing a good percentage of business offline. And thanks for bringing that up because that's, that's real important because I'm a high touch person. Well, let me back up. My mother taught me to touch stuff a long time ago. I don't care, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Most of the time, most of the time when, when, when mothers were screaming at their kids, stop touching stuff, go sit down or whatever. My mother used to, I go with my mother, my mother would be like, Hey, uh, uh, she would always say, here's what you want to do. You want to, squeeze these tomatoes to make sure that they're they're firm but they're not too firm they're not too hard you know you right. don't want them soft flow i mean even with grapes man you know you can go and pick a grape and be like oh this is gonna be a good one or no nah, this isn't the one because <laughs> it's right so, soft. <laughs> so i've always had that going on for me um and even with the creation of the domain or the, or the Texas tie guy and the website, even with that creation, it was still imperative to me that I do what I do best. And that's get in front of folks and talk to people. Now, what I had come to learn from my own personal, uh, from my own personal perspective and for, for the embetterment of myself, the website was great. When people go on and, and they see what they want, that was wonderful. But what I had come to uh, what I had come to realize is that if a person goes on the website and they want to buy a tie, then guess what? They're going to go on the website. They're going to buy a tie. They're going to check out. I'm going to get the money. I'm going to ship it to them, and then we'll be done. Now, when a person comes, if I have uh, a brick and mortar or if I got table set, when a person comes to buy a tie, now it gives me an opportunity to, A, cross-sell that person. Right. Because now I got some really nice socks that go great with that tie. Or that tie looks really good, but guess what? Look at this hanky and what you think about this lapel flower to enhance it, you know? So not only is it the high touch, but it's the visual because every time I go somewhere, man, I'm like my own mannequin. You hear me? Right. Yeah. Every time. In fact, you will not believe how many times people have said, where's that set that you have on? You know, where is that? <laughs> and it might be something old, man, but you know what? It's just coordinating people taking a look. And then I get a chance to say, hey, you know, take a feel on this, man. The sevenfold triple stitch. That means it's a little thicker, the standard size tie. You know, we have the, you know, people might say, hey, well, I'm a tall guy. Well, guess what? I am too. I'm six five. So they could actually see the length and how, where it, where it lays at and where it lands at. You know, opposed to trying to guess, is this going to get me? Because too many times I've dealt with people, bigger guys, be it tall or wide, you know, they'll say, hey, I like the tie. But then when I get it, it falls short. So I end up with the Lauren Hardy look, you know, <laughs> the middle of my chest. Or I got that little tail sticking out on the back and I got to tuck it around inside my, my shirt buttons. And that's not how it's supposed to be either. So Right. Yeah, so the the whole touch feel thing, man, and and again, you know, it it just works. It just works for me uh, as far as being the Texas tie guy. So then, so then, hold on. So you 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 touch on something that that I thought is interesting. So you don't. I mean, by the name itself, you would think you only sell ties, but it, you've referenced it a couple times. So you sell more than just ties. Oh man. Well, I started out as the Texas tie guy because I was buying ties but 
people, again, people would always say, even when I would wear my stuff, they would say, because I wear a lot of French cuff shirts and different things like that. And they would say, man, those are some really nice cufflinks. So if people like the cufflinks I have on, why not give them an opportunity to buy some of the cufflinks, you know? Right. Because that that's a cross-sale opportunity that I would miss out on. So I started doing cufflinks. I started doing the lapel flowers, you know, because a lot of people think that the lapel flowers are new or the lapel flowers brand new, but really it's not. If you ever look at any of the black and white, the old James Cagney, Humphrey Bogart, uh, Edward G. Robinson movies, everybody had the fresh cut flower in there. You know, a lot of people don't even right. know that that little slit on the lapel in their suit is for the fresh cut flower, but because we've gotten away from that, they start sealing that up. So when they came out with the lapel flowers uh, that you can just put up there in the pin-ons and the straight shooters, I started cross-selling those. And then one of the best things that, that God had put, put, my, put in my path to do was to incorporate the socks, man, the fun socks. See, not everybody wears ties, but everybody wears socks. <laughs> definitely definitely yeah. i think and that's how you and i cr crisscross paths because we had connected on linkedin and you i mean how many how many times do you post it do you think in a given week of just different pair of socks minimum of seven every single day i post a pair of socks i post a pair where i hold them and i post a pair where i wear them. and i'm telling you my our sock game is impeccable and it's second <laughs> to none you know we offer a really quality product at a really fair price too and i'm telling you, man we every day i post a pair of socks and sometimes i'll double up you know i'll double up and i'll put uh two pairs on the same day and just in reference to that um last year my mother came down and uh, i think this is an interesting story in reference to that my mother came down and she was in the guest room and she was like uh, she said, man, that's a really good idea you have. I said, what's that, mama? She said, you got your inventory in in uh, uh, in those in your drawer. And I said, what are you talking about? She <laughs> said, the inventory that you got in the drawer. She said, you got all those, you said, you got all those inventory in the drawers. I looked in there and they nice and neat and everything. I said, mama, that ain't my inventory. I said, those are my size. She said, oh, she said, you got three long drawers full. I said, that's just in that room. She said, all of those socks are yours. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, you never, she said, you'll never get a chance to wear all those. I said, well, mama, guess what? I'm going to die trying. <laughs> and, and we just have, man, everybody wears socks everybody wears socks um and and the fun socks you know they call it the sock ministry now to where you know people want to sit down and pull the pants up a little bit and give, them, <laughs> give them a glimpse of their glory you know so uh and i'm telling you with that that change that was a game changer for me wow so then combining because like you said everybody doesn't necessarily wear ties but like you said i mean Everybody puts on a pair of socks. Yes. Um, and, and for for some people, that is a fashion statement. Um, everything else could match with the exception of their socks. They would want their socks to be rare, unique, stick out, one of a kind. Uh, so, th so that is an actual interesting case. So how often do you find that, you know, the sock sales lead to other accessories or is it the other way around? 
you know what? It started off as the other way around, but now it's the sock sale leading to other accessories. Um, because we do, we do all types of stuff. We do ascots, you know, and a lot of times people will be like, well, what's an ascot? I'll be like, well, watch Gilligan's Island, you know, uh, right. <laughs> watch Gilligan's Island, check out Thurston Howell the third, you know, uh, he, he wears an ascot all the time, you know, ascots went well with smoking jackets. They were always high end, high fashion, rich guy kind of things, you know? Um, but yeah, we do the ascots. Like I say, we do the ties, we do the cufflinks, we do the hankies, um, we do the socks. Man, I even sell fragrances, you know. So it, it just sort of, yeah, it just sort of branched out to whereas we can just make it a one-stop shop. Now I don't do suits; we're more so accessories. Let me be clear on that. Yeah, we we accessorize everything. And one time, my pastor told me. I had worn, now I'm my pastor's armor bearer. And for folks who don't know what that is, I'm my pastor's personal assistant in the church. And my pastor told me one time, I had worn the same suit over the years a bunch of times. Well, I end up flipping the script and I put some different accessories with it. And pastor told me, he said, he just called me Rev. He said, Rev, he said, I see you got a new suit. He said, that looked nice. Now I'm saying to myself, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm saying to myself, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm his personal assistant. I'm seeing past in his draws, man. You know, I'm like, I'm saying to myself, this is not a new suit. But then it hit me. I said, if he thinks it's a new suit, somebody else would think so as well. Uh. So when I start just mixing, matching with the accessories, you can really have maybe four or five, six suits. And if you got a, a bunch of shirts and a bunch of ties, you have a wardrobe that people can't even imagine. Right. It's off of the basics right there. Interesting. And so it's, it's a matter of the accessories that pull their eye elsewhere in, and really into thinking that it is a different suit. Absolutely. And I, and if you don't, and if folks don't believe it's the accessories, you can have on the nicest suit, but have some run over dusty shoes on and tell me, and, and tell me what folks are going to notice. they're gonna look right down at your feet you understand what i'm saying so it's not necessarily the suit but it's the accessories now you can't have the greatest accessories in a ripped up suit either you know you can't do that but it's not necessarily the suit man it's how you accessorize the suit when you got the when you got the belt that's matching your shoes when you got the really nice tie going on and you got the coordinating socks uh, and something really nice, and 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 uh, I'm gonna say this too. I've never been afraid of colors, never. You know, people, I hear people say, "Oh well, you know, I don't wear pink." Well, I do. You know, <laughs> I don't wear it. Well, I do. You know, because look in the Bible, guys, it says that God looked at everything that He created and said it was good. So God created colors, and if it's good with God, it's good with me. <laughs> that is awesome. So yeah. then tell me tell me this then. So like have you noticed a, a, a positive or even a negative feedback um in terms of having the online experience? I mean, has it served the business, I guess, um well or has it not served the, the business well? Well, you know, it it's always I I looked at the online experience as something that would just enhance what I was doing. Right. But what, yeah, but what the COVID-19 pandemic has taught me is that 
you have to make sure that you have everything in place and ready to roll. It's almost like being like sport. That's what sports taught me too. Sports right. Taught, yeah, sports taught me, man, we played at Wake Forest one time and it was a blizzard and they should have canceled the game. And, but they didn't. Man, hmm. I'm telling you, it's like five, 600 people in a 15,000 seat arena. You know, <laughs> it was crazy. But yeah, they and, it's hard, and it's hard shooting in, in something like that if if you've not you know ever played in it. I remember playing in um, reunion, the old reunion arena. So uh-huh. not the American Airlines Center, but the original, the reunion arena. And yeah. I probably was sixteen, seventeen years old. Uh, so somewhere around about sophomore, sophomore um, or junior in high school. And I can remember playing and I'm I'm barely five five. And so we have this game there and you're talking about thousands of people are supposed to be there in such an arena. We end up I mean we may have filled that thing maybe with two hundred people. Uh-huh. And you talking about just out of your element, you know, because you're still high school gym. Um, right to to a certain extent and so to get into somewhere that large that spacious and you're trying to look at a rim and shoot i'm like man this is not how it's supposed to be so i can only imagine how you how you all felt out there at wake forest well you know and 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 what it was was that again it was a blizzard and they should have canceled the game but they didn't but what sports taught me what what that taught me was that it didn't matter if it was 500 people or 15,000. When that man blew that whistle and threw that ball up, it was showtime, you know, and that's what, and that's what that taught me. So with the whole pandemic thing, this has been a blessing to me because it's got, it's given me a chance to work on my website to make sure that I got everything where it's supposed to be because now the high touch and the high field opportunities have been taken away. Uh, Yeah, they've been taken away. So everything I'm doing now is basically either off of the website where people are going on and picking out stuff, referral business from people who I've known uh, uh, that I know who are actually sending people my way or repeat business for people who have my personal number say, hey man, pop me some photos of what you got going on. And uh, I'm gonna take this, this, and this. I need you to either send it to me over there or meet me over here and we'll do the, you know, the social distancing safe practice. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm blessed. I'm blessed in that. Um, I, I ship stuff all over the country. I just ship to Miami, man. I ship up to DC. I ship to California, you know, so I get a chance just to, although I am the Texas tie guy. Right. Yeah. Don't let the name fool you. I'm, well, I'm the, North American tie guy too. <laughs> we'll have to look that one up. North American tie guy.com to see if that's taken. It's probably, it's probably available, but, and that was going to be the next question of, you know, while you're focused there in terms of living in Dallas, you know, do you experience orders uh, outside of the Dallas Metroplex and even outside of Texas? Oh yes, sir. And, and one thing that I do um, as far as the high touch, I vendor all over the country too. So if it's Church of God in Christ conferences, if it's Baptist conventions, if it's men's prayer breakfasts, if it's stage plays, um, man, I've, I've, if it's 
Louisiana, I've done it. Tulsa, Oklahoma, I've done it. Wichita, Kansas, I've done it. Detroit, I've gone home, I've done it. You know, so I get a chance to actually vendor. So uh, for those who don't know what a vendor is, when you go to different locations, you might go to a stage play and you'll see people over there selling products. You know, I'm one of the guys with the table set up. In fact, what I've done, honestly, uh, being here in, in Texas is the formula that works for me is that I've contracted with New York Life, AT&T, uh, um, Cigna Healthcare, Aetna Healthcare, American Airlines. So what I do is I actually take my show on the road. So every day I'm somewhere different. I go, they set the tables out. We send emails. They already know I'm coming. And so are, you like, at, are, so are you at corporate offices or field offices or both? Corporate offices, probably 100% of the time. I go to where as um, like I do what they call the RSO, which is the reservation sales office as well. All the people that when you call American Airlines and say, hey, um, I want to make an arrangement or I want to make a flight arrangement or whatever the situation is. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Guess what? That's a call center. When they, when they go on breaks, when they get lunches, man, it's myself and other people. We'll have those set up. I, man, I sell to the pilots, the attorneys. I'm talking about the whole nine yards. Wow. Yeah, the whole nine. Wow. Now, do you embroider in terms of in terms of promoting the Texas Tie Do you put any of that on the back of ties or any of the you know any of the other accessories? I put it on everything. <laughs> you yeah, want I, them to remember? Yes, and and not just that. A lot of times, what I've learned is that people buy stuff and they send it elsewhere. Hmm. You know, so now I got free advertising in California because somebody done bought something in Kansas City, you know. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I I, every I don't even I don't even have business cards. That's it. I I mean, I mean, your product. That's it. That's it. I have something on every single item that passes through my hand. It has the Texas Tie Guy, 888-665-8802, on everything, everything. That basically is your marketing engine. That's it. That's it. And, and I'm going to tell you, it, it was crazy because, you know, man, if you just, and sometimes you just have to be aware of your surroundings and listen when God is speaking to you. I used to have the signs and the business cards and everything. And one time I left the sign and the cards and I forgot about it. And I had had, um, I think I had some stickers on a few things, whatever. And, and this young girl, she was probably in her early twenties. She came and she said, uh, you have any business cards? I said, ma, I said, I'm sorry. I forgot them. And I left, I said, man, I left my sign and everything. And she says, that's okay. I'll just take a picture of your information on, I think it was like a a hanky or something. And then she says, you know what? You should do this all the time because everybody has a phone. And when she said that, I said. Light bulb. (laughs) Bing, I said, she said, you should just do this all the time. She said, because everybody has a phone. And I said, you know what? You are absolutely right. (laughs) <laughs> that's it and after those business cards and all that i never had another one man because even if someone says 
See, one thing I know is this cars, you can give somebody a car and be on your way out outside and see it on the floor. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. But guess what? If they take a picture and it's in their phone, it ain't going nowhere. Right. And they, and at least they have to see it right before they delete it. They have to see it before they delete it. And that's, a, and that's a simple way of sharing stuff. Right. You know? Yeah. So now people are emailing and texting because I'm telling you, man, I, I get so many calls from people who says, oh, um, my cousin Jimmy down at the Veterans Administration asked me to call you. And I'd be like, hey, how's Jimmy doing? And I'm not really sure who Jimmy is, but, <laughs> but I'm grateful. How is that guy doing? You know, but I'm grateful that and it just seems to be working for me. And I've, I've learned a long time ago, you know, that. You know, your business is going to morph. There's going to be some changes that you have to make. But sometimes it's a few core values and a few core things that you just hold on to that's going to work because they st- stood the test of time. Interesting. So then in terms of wrapping up, and you, you kind of hit on it there in terms of the business is going to be changing, so you got to be quite flexible. So what would your advice to be to someone that's starting a business during like this economic downturn? Like where should they start? If you are starting a business, be it in an economic downturn in the best of times or worst of times, just start a business based on what your passion is. Do what you love. Because when you do what you love, you will put so much more into it. Just because, listen, when I played ball, I would have, I played ball for free in the alleys and in, in on the playgrounds in Detroit, you know. Now, when I left, when I left college and I went overseas, I never made the league, but when I went overseas, Man, I'm 21 years old on a tourist visa, going to different countries and, and getting paid. I'm getting paid to do what I would did for free at home. And it's just because I loved it, you know. So whatever your passion is, let that be the foundation for your future and just build off of it. Something that you actually love. And nobody, nobody, one thing I learned too is this, nobody is going to treat your business like you do. Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Nobody's going to treat your business like you do. Totally. Now, what would you say to, to listeners that say, oh, okay, well, this guy's just selling ties there. There certainly there can't be money in terms of selling ties and socks. Well, I'm going to say this and then thank you for asking that because when people ask me what I'm selling, I'm not selling ties. I'm selling success. There you go. Yeah, I'm, I am so glad you said that. I don't sell ties or socks. That happened to be the product that's being passed over the table. But you know what? I'm selling success. I'm selling, I'm selling something that'll make people feel better. And when they feel better, they do better. And when you do better, you get better. And when you get better, you be better. And sometimes, you know, it's, it's, it's equivalent to a, 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 I used to know people, females, when they go get their hair done, man, you couldn't tell them nothing. You know, just because they got that. <laughs> Man, I'm die fried and laid to the side. You know, you say uh, you got bad feet. I don't care. My hair look good. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And so, so yeah. So, and if you don't think uh, if you don't think appearance is important, then go somewhere looking lousy. You know, oh, if totally. you don't think appearance is important, then go somewhere looking like a loser, man. 
you know, because <laughs> the Bible says as a man, thank you, so is he. You know, when you just, man, when you put your best foot forward and your appearance is there, you know, sometimes you can look like you own the place and you're just trying to ask for directions, you know. Um, so it's it's a lot of stuff that goes into it, but just do what you love. And like I said, although everybody doesn't wear ties, the the only real qualification for ties is, is a neck. All you need is a neck to wear one, you know. Dead or alive. Yeah, and everybody has those. And it's a lot of people. And you know what? I have had people buried in my ties. I'm glad wow. you said that. That's a, That's something else. That's another opportunity, you know, through the funeral services and different things like that. Or, man, we we sell to uh, choir members, the deacon boys, the churches. So it's a whole bunch of opportunities. So when folks say it's just a tie, that lets me know that they don't really understand the dynamic of what this business is all about. Exactly. Exactly. Last but not least, I mean, is there anything else you'd like to share with uh, listeners in terms of how they can get in contact with you, so forth? Oh, absolutely. Please uh, contact us, www.texastieguy.com. I am the Texas Tie You can just Google Texas Tie Guy and it'll take you every place. But with Texas Tie Guy on Facebook, I'm Texas Tie Guy on Instagram. Texas Tiger on Yelp Biz, Texas Tiger on LinkedIn, Texas Tiger on Pinterest, Texas Tiger on Twitter. I'm Texas Tiger on my business, and we use all of those social media platforms to promote our product as well. But yeah, www.texastieguy.com, 888-665-8802. Call us. <laughs> well, with that, we're out of time. So, Daryl, thank you again for joining us today and sharing your entrepreneurial journey. Thank you so much. I am really appreciative of being on here, and I'm so glad that you asked me to come on. Certainly. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in to Kickstart Commerce, where we share search marketing and domain name strategies to help grow your business. Please subscribe to this podcast via iTunes. Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or Podbean. Last but not least, please visit kickstartcommerce.com to subscribe to the newsletter sharing tips and tricks about the disciplines of digital strategy. Thanks, and that's all for now.